What are the characteristics and qualities of a great leader? Today, I want to have a conversation about having character and the guts to live by your values and principles. We're going to talk about what it takes for you to become a person of character and to put what you know into practice. That's right. Character is something that makes and breaks all leaders. But most people ignore character and overlook this important quality of leader development today. Today's conversation will focus on the person and not just the habits of good leadership. So let's get started. Hi, my name is Kirby Ingalls and you're listening to the True Success Podcast. My goal is to help you find true success by helping you live a rich and satisfying life. A life full of happiness and meaning and becoming a pillar of your community. This podcast is designed to inspire you to write a new narrative, revolutionize the way we live, and create a ripple effect that resonates with future generations. Letting go is never easy for parents or leaders, especially for technical experts or supervisors who have been appointed leadership roles like a manager or director. Over 80% of people that have been selected for leadership positions do not have the attributes or the skill sets developed to lead others. Most of them were not chosen for the job because of their leadership abilities, but because of their performance and technical expertise. Now, the same study suggested that 66% of the people said that management causes them to lose productivity. And 33% of those folks stated that they didn't want to come to work because of the, the stress just was so high. And that also leads to higher turnover, billions lost in productivity, uh, and that happens every year in America. Even as a parent, right, I find it challenging to loosen the control of my five growing children. There are ages of 16, 6, 4, 2, and we have a four-month-old. Yet, I'm very aware of the statistics of what controlling parents show. I also know what can occur with too little supervision as I grew up in the 80s as a latchkey kid. There is a balance that you must strike with all this. And so the following stats that I'm about to share with you show how impactful controlling parents are on kids and what that leads to when they become adults because this correlates with the challenges that we see in corporate America. 96% of the people with a controlling parent continue to chew and stew over disputes that they had when they were children. 91% of them are hypersensitive to criticism and 82% suffer from perfectionism with little to no satisfaction. To be honest with you, to control another person is harmful. It's toxic in all relationships and is really counterproductive in the workplace. According to another survey, 79% of employees said that they'd been micromanaged at least once during their careers. A psychology study found that employees who think, right, they think that they are being watched, operate at much lower levels. 
I'll be honest with you, over the last three months, working with my members of the programs that I have, many of them have told me that they feel watched and they feel even checked on more than ever since they began working from home. They say that there's many check-ins throughout the week and it's hurting these employees who are trying to find a new work-life integration, a new balance because they're working from home now. Their lives have been changed and altered. To compile the stress, they are attempting to carve out time to homeschool their children. And I know school is just getting ready to end so summer can begin, but we're gonna return to this same status in the fall and either children will not return to school or you're gonna have parents at home still trying to homeschool while work in a virtual office environment. And they're gonna also be struggling to find block periods from which they can work from because they probably have another spouse in the home who's competing for the same hours that they are. Both trying to figure out who's homeschooling, both trying to figure out, hey, I have a meeting at this time, I have a meeting at this time, it conflicts and can be very challenging. One member told me that they had added about an extra three or four hours to their workday because of the increase in cell phone calls and meetings per day. It's become difficult to push away from the home office, especially when the boss is calling you at 6 or 7 p.m. at night when you're on the East Coast and he's on the West Coast or Pacific time. Yet despite all the data, leaders, still can't let go. The result of this control can cause constant turnovers, lower productivity, having to have regular course changes along the way, and also develops very little creativity. So what do we need to know about authority, power, and control so we don't fall into this trap? First, you need to reflect on those leaders in your life and study how they struck a balance between, or they struck a balance of control in their own lives. Some of them may have been able to wield persuasive authority over others, but rather they were genuine, caring, compassionate, and they endured ridicule and even sometimes cruelty from others without even speaking a word about it to other people. They probably saved someone from losing their position and prevented others from being battered by top-down leadership. Sometimes leaders could take credit for the work of many people, but they don't, and they end up sharing the wealth across an organization. Indeed, they could say no, but they continue to serve others despite the difficulties that lay ahead. These are just some of the characteristics of leadership. The beauty of leadership isn't in the command and control. It's in guiding and directing those you lead and passing that torch to future generations so they can experience outstanding leadership. Good leaders, they show compassion, forgiveness, and they also give second chances. They are leaders who never run from ownership, nor do they abandon people in difficult times. When it is required, they make corrections, they reorient themselves and those who are experiencing difficulty with gentleness. These leaders, these leaders do not use an excessive amount of authority or power to get what they want. Leaders must encourage and guide those who are not committed to the organization's vision and mission to become committed 
Your favorite leadership style should permit freedom rather than regulate. A delusion that exists about servant leadership is that we are weak or they are weak. Uh, to them, you know, to these people who think servant leadership is weak may seem like that's a conflict from a person who's both a servant and a leader because they see leadership as an authoritarian or a positional thing that they must do or achieve. But it's not. Being a leader is being a servant. It's serving others. A person needs to have guts, strength, and humility to be that kind of servant leader. This leader sacrifices their own self-interest for the good of others and the organization. So let's look at the differences between self-serving and servant leaders when it comes to courage. See, self-serving leaders, they try to please everyone because they're just concerned with what others think of them. And so they are also seeking to promote themselves, making decisions based on what is expedient and comfortable for them. They also will, will not admit their own mistakes because it's a blow to their ego. And if they do get punched in the gut, you're going to see their insecurities and flaws come out. And so they're not transparent and they're not vulnerable in the way that they lead. Now, servant leaders, they show great courage in themselves, and they also bring great courage out in other people. Servant leaders understand three things, purpose, vision, and values. Servant leaders know their core, and that's what these three things are, purpose, vision, and values. And they know that the reason why they exist. So they live them out every single day, and they lead with a hyper-focus on the things that enable them to achieve that vision and fulfill their purpose. Rick Warren said, without a clear purpose, you have no foundation on which you base your decisions. You allocate your time and you use your resources. It's servant leaders who recognize their strengths and resources and they create an opportunity to serve, not to be served. If you want to inspire people, and transform an organization, you have to do several things. Get clear about who you are, which is your purpose. Then you have to know where you're going, and that's your vision. And the third one is what you believe in, what you stand for, and those are your values. Then, and only then, can you be courageous and live out your purpose, set your sights daily on the vision, and allow your values to guide you along the way. And when you show strength and endurance in these three areas, others will be attracted to you because you will be seen as a leader who stands above the rest. Fear of failure is a massive variable in how we lead and follow. Depending on whom you talk to, failure is a good thing. And, and for others, it's not so good at all. It just depends on which side of the coin you rest on. You should take all that advice like a grain of salt. In reality, unless you are willing to overcome your fears and understand failure, it can be both bad and good. We will never see the opportunity and the rewards on the other side of fear if we see it one way or the other. I want to talk to you about Kodak, the company whose death resulted from lying on past accomplishments, playing it safe and the fear of expanding into a new area of business. See, Kodak was a titan in the 
film or camera industry. And they had filed for bankruptcy in 2012. The large film business was all in on physical products, but ignored the possibilities of the digital age moving forward. It was Kodak's very own research and development team that uncovered the idea and the ability to do digital photography in its labs. Everyone has to face fear in some fashion or form. Nobody is exempt or immune to it. People worry about, especially at this moment in their lives, fear of financial stability, public opinion, prestige, position, and power. Fear right now is at an all-time high in America. Fear can have a real grip, a, a firm grip on you. And so let's address this head on. Don't fear losing all your possessions. You can't take these things to you in your next life. Don't fear to do what is right because others might mock you. Uh, it really shouldn't matter what others think. Don't fear the impossible because possibility is only limited by your imagination, your effort, and your willingness to succeed. And as you look at the way you lead, is fear one of those factors that you put in check? You don't hire people out of fear because of you might lose your job to them. Does that happen to you? Maybe you're afraid to fire somebody because they've become a good friend and you're afraid to hurt their feelings or put them in a bad situation. You might be afraid to raise the concerns in your organization about something because it might get linked back to your leadership and your decisions or something that you might have missed. You could even be afraid to do the right thing and you're overlooking improprieties because you're afraid it might affect the bottom line. It doesn't matter what it is that fear has a grip around. What matters most is unleashing those fears control over you because it's preventing you from becoming the leader within. Do you see great leaders of character? They confront fear and they confront it beyond what the average person can imagine. They endure and they know that suffering, right? The suffering is nothing compared to the rewards on the other side of fear. And that's it. That's today's message. So don't forget to give us a review and smash the subscribe button. I'm Kirby Ingalls, and it's been a pleasure, and I'll see you next time.